That's what you've been working on this whole time, Levi. Well, no, uh, yes and no. I was reading it, then I was like, man, the hell with it. We're going to sit here. I'm just going to make a bumper sticker for everybody to run on their cars now. What did you make? Hold on. What is this? <laughs> uh, Dave's going to laugh for 20 more minutes. <laughs> Dude, this is tight. I'm going to print this uh, out. Dave's trying to look his best enough guy and laugh at Everyone's gonna be like, everyone's gonna be like, what is that? This is great, bro. Racing for Grondo. I'm a Formula One fan. It's an inside joke. I love inside jokes. Okay, can I start? Can I just go into this? Can we start? All right. Going to some NASCAR um, because it's the best ever. Um, so, anyways, I just want to let Norman know that the bow ties are now four for four. Uh, William Byron. Is now two for two on wins. Uh, the only car that broke and caused the caution was a Ford. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Although some crazy stuff did happen, though. Um, well, so ca- so stage one and two went caution free again. I- I'm starting to see a recurring theme with that. I feel like it's pretty hard to mess up stage one because nobody's really doing anything crazy. You think it's because uh, they're afraid? We- <clears throat> Sorry. You think it's because they're afraid of the car? Uh, I don't know about afraid of the car or like afraid of losing it or anything. I just don't think it's worth it to push in stage one. There's really nothing to gain. I mean, yeah, you can get some stage points near the end, but really there's no reason to push. Um, We almost had a caution-free stage two as well, actually. It was like right near the end we got a caution. So I think it, like literally I think we went green with like five or ten laps left in the stage. Um, Can I ask a quick question right there? Yes, sir. So... The stage racing, like, without cautions, is that good or bad for the sport? I'm going to say bad. I'm not saying that you want a wreck fest. I'm not saying that. But the wrecks do, I mean, that's the action, right? I mean, that's when the announcers get all like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, whoa, this and that. They're wrecking. Oh, they're wrecking. Yeah, like, and if you do that without, like, between stages, because I know, you know, it happened with William Byron last time when he won, you know, he just dominated and there was really no, there was no caution between the second or the first stage and, you know, second stage. I don't know. All I'm asking, I guess, is it breeding better racing? Cause that's what it was supposed to do. Pack, pack them back up, you know, and get them back together. Or is it something that maybe everybody's just jockeying for position? Well, we've had this thought before where you jockey for position at the front to win the stage or you jockey, you know, don't worry about jockey for position, get better pit strategy. You know, I'd um I'd like to say that I would want stage cautions completely gone. Um, personally, like even if we get more boring races out of it, I understand why they're here, but I I don't think I don't think they necessarily are the worst thing in the world for mile and a half. Like the mile and a half seem to be usually ca- like back in the day they were pretty caution free until like the end. Anyways, like it was pretty hit or miss. So. Yeah, my opinion. This is my opinion, and I would say, I think it should like if you're gonna have a clean stage, I'd be more pissed to be William Byron and get a clean stage, and then have them stack the field up right behind me under a caution than I would skipping the stage and running and being able to keep extending my lead if I'm doing that well. Looking at it from a racer standpoint, 
point. If you have more cautions during the race or during the stage, it's not, it's like, I didn't pull away. I didn't really get that long run feel to see if I'm still pulling away at the end of the long run. So I think they're bad for racing. I think stages have always been bad, like since they've implemented, let's be honest, like they haven't really done anything to change the racing. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing them as much as this is going to piss some people off. I wouldn't mind seeing them stay at the plate tracks. Honestly, the the plate tracks are brutal sometimes. Like they just single file line. Like, you know, they'd be running 195 laps at Daytona single file if they could. It's just not worth it anymore to go side by side with cars that can't do it. I think a lot of people have learned to like, there's really no point in battling prior to the end of the race, especially for like the 500. I mean, Dega and the second, well, the second round of Daytona, I guess got something in line two playoffs, but it's, it's not really worth it. Um, I could get behind that for Daytona. <clears throat> I could, I could get behind only the plate tracks having stages. Yeah, I could, I could see that. But I would like to see them do stages without caution. I think it should just be like that lap, top 10 things, but you keep racing. Yeah, I, I don't know if that would work, though, still, because I feel like it would just breed a caution anyways because you'd be pushing really hard to get those points. Like, maybe not necessarily at, like, non-plate tracks, but... And I know well, they're I'm not just, plate tracks anymore, but I'm just going to keep calling them that because that's what they are to me. Um, that's, yeah. But I, I, I don't I think it would work. at plate tracks. Just... At plate tracks, run them and whatever. Lap 30 at Talladega. I think that's an end of a stage. The stage flag comes out. Top 10 gets it. If it breeds a caution, you throw the caution. If it doesn't breed a caution, everyone keeps racing and probably figures out how to get back single file and run for 30 more laps until they, you know, come to the last 10 laps. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's really hard to say if they would work. I mean, I don't know. What's your thoughts on it, Levi? Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm the same way. I I think you don't do away with them because it's kind of part of the game at this point. But like Norman said, maybe you could do a running stage, as in the green checker. It's still a green flag, right? We're still going green, but we're going to give points for that guy when he goes across there. I guess we're um, going to find out in the true test because the, the road courses this year are going to have... I, I know it's not the same as an oval, obviously, but... It'll, it'll still be different. I, I'd like to see how it's going to do this year. Yeah, no, I think it is. Sorry, and I didn't mean to sign no. It's just that's something that really, really bugs me about the new way of racing. Now that I'm back to watching it, it's it started. It frustrates me. I wish I like the old style of long runs and that kind of stuff, and that's almost impossible now with the setup. So, yeah, for sure. Um, anyway. I guess just a quick run through of the race. Um, so you know, I think Willie B took home stage one win. Stage two went to Larson. Uh, stage three was decent. Um, it was the Hendricks cars were up front for majority of the race. And then Harvick got this crazy, I, I guess he must've fixed his car set up the way he wanted it to made a run for the lead. Then he got shafted by a late race caution. Some, uh, someone spun, I don't know who's in the 21 car right now, but he went for a spin, which gave us a late race restart, uh, which I think then Byron was able to get to the lead. Also, Shout out to my boy Bellini, who had a 10th place car all race and pulled a second out of his ass in that uh, in that final caution there, which was cool. Love to yeah, see su- that. Yeah, super good at the old, uh, those little short short uh, cautions they had there at the end. He, he made the most of it for sure. Good job. 
I only caught the highlights of the race, but I saw Harvick in the lead when the caution came out. I forgot who it was in the highlights, but he spun and they said they threw the caution early. I didn't really get into that, but then also I saw that during the spin, his tire blew, so he was going to leave debris onto the track. So I think the caution was going to come out anyway. But I am kind of getting sick and tired of every race with freaking twenty laps to go. They're going to have to. There's going to be a caution. Yeah, it's almost like they're waiting on it, right? Right. I don't know if that's necessarily manipulated, though, because I was thinking about that, but. Uh... I, I still think those would be there, though, regardless. I mean, now, <clears throat> the green-white checkers is another thing. But, for example, when Harvick was leading, that that caution actually truly did come out with, like, five to go or something like that. Someone did go for a spin. Like, it wasn't 11. a debris caution or something. It, huh? was, a, it was 11 to go in the highlights. Oh. Um, but, yeah, what I'm, I'm not saying that I'm sick and tired. Uh, I don't think... NASCAR is like trying to throw a caution. What I'm getting sick and tired of is like a single car spin. And we're getting a caution with 11 to go. Like, come on guys, just finish the race. Yeah. It's yeah, like I nobody's, know getting dicey. nobody's getting dicey till right at the end. Like everybody's kind of riding around. There's some, there's some good racing going on, but it, I don't know. I, I, that's the way I feel about it. It's like every race is a plate race now. To me, almost there's a little bit of you know getting after it during the race, but really it waits till the end and then they push. It's, you could say it, the stages are the reason for that too, I guess, because everybody just knows not to push till the end. Now it's kind of like the new narrative, but at the same time, like I don't know, the, no, I I don't really ever see the long run end to a race anymore as much. Like I find two out of three races end with like a green white checkered or or at least a late race caution. Like something with like less than 30 to go sort of thing. Yeah. And like I said, I didn't catch the race, Antonio. So help me out here. I'm assuming that Byron did not pit and Harvick did pit. And that's what put the Hendricks cars up front. Uh, from what I understand, Harvick took four tires and the Hendrick cars took two. Um, now, four tires was pretty huge there, but it was um, it was the second caution, I think, is what screwed him because it just made less laps left. Yeah. So, so it and that second caution was caused by two incidents, right? Yeah, I think um yeah, Chastain and uh Denny got into each other. So Denny I don't know, it almost looked like he just tried to hit Chastain, but I don't know if it was on purpose. <laughs> it's yeah, it's hard to it. say there'd be no reason for him to retaliate now of all times. I, so didn't, I find it hard to believe it was intentional. But. I didn't see that, but I saw Gibbs in the wall, I think. And then someone in Almendinger got caught up and then hit Gibbs as he was stuck in the wall. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong thing. Maybe that was coming to the end of the. I think you're like, thinking of what's coming to checker. the end. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, no, there was something there because I know Gibbs was already in the wall. He would have been fine, and then some and, other cars slid up into him, and boom, pal, yeah. his car was done, which I didn't say. I, I can't say I don't love to see, but. Yeah, it was yeah. just, it was a weird incident from my view. I know Almondy, I can't think of the other guy's name, but Almondinger and someone got caught up, and then they slid up into the wall, and Gibbs was there and put him back into the wall. Well, and poor Almondinger. I mean, dude's been, I think, a caution in every race so far. 
But I don't know if that's due to just not having very good equipment or if it's him himself being to the back. But I think that has to do with it on that part of it. Yeah. I know sure. on the the Hendrick side of things, I know they've been kind of dominating lately. Did y'all see where I haven't read into it? I just saw a brief thing that something on their car has been pulled by NASCAR oh, yeah. being investigated. Oh yeah. So their car and um, somebody else's, it was all the Hendrick cars. Uh, all four Hendrick cars got their uh, louvers, their hood louvers taken pre-qualify and they were brought back to uh, wherever their head for R and D or whatever on the NASCAR side. There's some special place that they take them to I mean, like North Carolina or something. Anyways, um, just, uh, Justin Haley's was too, for some reason. And they're, <laughs> Hendrick's kind of nervous about it because they didn't give them back. You know, they just told them to replace them and they were going to use those to do some research. I'm, I'm, I don't know, man. Hendrick's always been known to push the envelope, right? I mean, with Jack and Alice and different people. So we'll see. So from what I saw, it was supposedly they're saying, like, not they as in Hendrick, like what I've heard from sources is that supposedly the hood louvers were mismanufactured from wherever nascar gets them from because it would be odd that the exact same one came off of haley's car because there's no affiliation there like whatsoever so they were supposedly talking about that being a thing i saw that from something fairly uh reputable but i'm not too sure i also know the big businesses when they're wanting to like single people out but not single people out <laughs> they'll take all four hendrix and then be like and haley's will take theirs too see we're not trying to single out and slow down hendrick Oh, I know. Yeah, you never know. I know this. Gordon in an interview this week, and I'm not quoting him, so do not quote he's, me. He's quoting him. He's <laughs> quoting him. I'm quoting him on this. But on the lines, uh, these parts are pretty much a spec part. They're manufactured outside of Hendrix. So he's saying. We're cooperating fully with NASCAR and we don't understand like if it is a mismanufacturer, it's not on our end. So we will see if that's Gordon just trying to play the PR game or is that the actual truth? I know Hendrick's known to cheat. I'd like to believe that it's actually a mismanufacturer because it would be hard to believe like what could you do with the hood louver like yeah, i don't think I there's much you could do to make that like oh we got an arrow advantage it added one pound of downforce like i don't know i mean the guys during the daytona were putting their hands against the window and getting almost pole position you know True. so i would put it this way from what i heard gordon say as much as I'm not a Hendrix fan, I don't think there's anything here. Could there be something somewhere else because of their dominance this early in the season? I would hope, but I don't think this is it. Since when did Toto Wolf get into NASCAR? <laughs> Anywho, it is true though. But you know, I like I said, like you said, I don't know how much of an effect it could have. But shoot, I mean, aerodynamics are aerodynamics, you know. All right, well, I'm looking at Dave in the camera there, and he looks like he's over the NASCAR topic. So let's jump into some <laughs> Formula Uno, bro, because... 
I see you over there. You're just sitting there all depressed. Yeah, it's just like, man, you know, cars going through. He's like, I just, I just work here, man. It's I just dope. work here, okay? <laughs> Wait, before we move on, let's talk about Joey Logano. Okay. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I wish you could make Dave cry some more. Okay, yeah, sure. It's, I like mean, a, it, it, it's a yellow ping pong ball just bouncing down through there this year. <laughs> he just wants to win, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I got some hair, and it's just a different experience. <laughs> I know. Dude, he, hey, his hair looks pretty good, though. Not going to lie. I wouldn't say I know, pretty man. good. I almost think he looks better without the hair. I don't know, man. <laughs> he looks he looks better as a 60-year-old man? Yeah, yeah, honestly, I don't know, man. He ain't very cute. <laughs> oh, bro. No, he's got that full lock of jet black hair now. Ah, man, I'm a Lugana fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I see what it you mean though. His hairline was pretty high before. Man. I mean, it was it bad. Was it was bad. It was but pretty like, bad. Like usually, like LeBron James got hair plugs, and I was like, mm, "Bro, that don't look good." Like that looks that look does not look good. But Logano got in this first interview this year. I was like, "Hey, <laughs> no, nice it hair, looks bro. too fake." No, it doesn't. Uh, Google LeBron James hair. Just do oh, it. I remember seeing it. He used to wear a headband. He quit wearing a headband because... Oh, now he's got he, this, like... I mean, he's perfect. The hair's yeah, there. This photo I just sent is really bad. <laughs> 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 Brutal. No, I... The only time I Ooh. really saw Logano was at Daytona That's 500 brutal. pre-race interview. And Ooh. you could just tell that it was, like, it was fake. Ouch. I'm going to be real with you, man. Isn't he, like, 30? Hold on. Back check that. <laughs> Is he like 30? He's no, no way he's 30. No, he's like yeah. our age. No, not, not our age. He's got to be not, like 34, 35. No, he's 32, born in 1990. Oh. There you go. A 90 model. He got the hair of a 47 year old. Good for him. <laughs> no, I just think <laughs> we all have good hair. <laughs> That's our problem. <laughs> I mean, it's still Man, black. Would, it's not silver. So, I mean, like, it's it's genetics. I mean, I'd be so fast. If my hair was better. We should have Joey's <laughs> parents on the podcast. <laughs> uh, you know what's you know what's bad is those images I sent too aren't even. Um, they aren't even like I didn't Google Joey Logano hair. I just Googled Joey Logano. <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> Horrible that's, pictures just are everywhere. Not, tough, dude. I'm not even kidding. That's so tough. <laughs> Oh, this poor kid's gonna look at this in like ten years and be like, "Oh man, that's why I gotta look forward to." It. Dang. Hey, I have hair, but the gray is coming in. Oh man. Aren't you like thirty-four? I'm thirty-six. Oh, you're pretty yeah. old. Yeah. Bunch of old guys in here. That's all right. It is what it is. Experience, but I got a head full of hair. And a face full. That's good. I'm, I'm glad you got something on your head. That's Anyways, awesome. uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Let's go. Let's go to F1. Let's go to F1. I know we got some some yeah, topics uh, of discussion. Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I want to get into these changes. Saudi Arabian, yeah. Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Um, Jeddah. I know we're not too excited about the uh, racetrack itself, the circuit. Um, but but I'm excited about racing because Formula One. Oh man, this is Formula One. 
Yeah, Formula One's got it going on right now. I, it's really hard to match what's going on just because used to, you know it was Red Bull Mercedes, Red Bull Mercedes, Red Bull Mercedes. Ferrari tried to come in there a little bit, but now it's more you got Aston Martin that's in 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 the you know race. I mean, they're running not just for podiums. I think they're running for wins by the middle of the season if everything keeps going on track. Red Bull's strong, but I mean, what they brought in the off season to now, if they can upgrade, is just crazy. Stroll, I was dogged on him a little bit last episode. The more I thought about it, kind of looked at things. If he is injured and got a six, like what can he do if he's hundred percent? What a hero! I'm telling you, man. What y'all a hero! Were on him for no. What a reason. Canadian I, hero! Dude, I was. I you... was. Mercedes, Total Wolf, come out. I don't know. He's officially said that it's the car's trash. That it, they went the they he says we went the wrong direction. The I don't know what he called it. It's it's their their look with no side pod was the wrong direction. Um, and so they said that they're going to have a huge change on the W14 coming into this next race. Um, it sounds like it's going to be you're going to be able to see it. Not one of those where you got to you know get some diagram to see some you know barge board or something that's been changed or a fin here and there. But it's going to be a major change. So I'm really excited about that. I wonder if he yells in German in the factory. I think he tells people to check emails for sure. Like you better check, check your emails. You are going for Mercedes. <laughs> I sent an email. He's also Austrian, so he would yell Austrian. He would just yell the word Austrian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <He would> just- <laughs> Austrian. <laughs> no, but yeah. on that topic, I can't remember Bro, the, where the I don't official have a language source. of wait, wait, hold on. The official language of Austria is German. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> to be clear. I thought Austrians spoke Austrian. Okay. Uh, I'm from no. Alabama. I don't know. Sh- <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, I've been was, to Austria. Well, hung- oh, I've been to Austria, not Austria, Hungary, because I've been to Austria and Hungary, though. Sure, you're not just hungry. You've, you've been <laughs> there. Uh, give me, get him some gator. <laughs> I've been to the Czech Republic. Have a gator bar. I've been to Germany. I've been to Austria. I've been to Hungary. Really? So, yes. You should wow, have went to F1 then. Jeez. You're, you're way more cultured <laughs> than I am, dude. I need to shut up. <laughs> I've so, been to like Oklahoma, been to Texas. <laughs> Amen. No, brother. on all those, on Mercedes, I. Fact check me on this. I don't remember where my source was, but I remember reading or watching a video on Aston Martin is going to help Mercedes with their um, car development this year. I hope so. I mean, really. Try to get them back in the field. Hey, I said I wanted four to six drivers in the hunt. Right now, nobody's in the hunt. Red Bull, lights out. But... You know, I mean, if you, if you, like I said, if they can help them with that and then you could get, you know, the Mercedes in there, you've got a split between total top, you've got a little bit in the middle, and man, somebody needs to help McLaren. Man, God I just help them. I don't know. Like, what is Aston Martin getting from Mercedes for the, like, are they saying, hey, we'll help you with your car development this season? but give us a little bit more on our engine so we can actually go compete. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, 
I think you get what you pay for kind of thing. And as I don't know if y'all know, it's like, you know, McLaren's just, they're kind of, they're, they're the guys that are still like, you know, playing like they can eat in a good restaurant, but they're like maxing out credit cards kind of thing. It's, it's, it's really rough for McLaren. They, they're running out of money. It has been for the last couple of years. And I think you're going to get what you pay for with Mercedes. So do you come up with some more funds? Get a few more of those sponsors on that car somehow. Put some more screens on that car that flash different right. sponsors or something. God, dude. But I don't, you know, I'm, I, I, and maybe it is. Maybe it's Mercedes going, look, we're having issues too. Let's, let's you know, all pass this around. I don't know. All right. It's, it's going to be interesting. I, and I can't confirm that what I heard was true because I said, like, I just remember... I watch, I think I watched a YouTube video and someone and they said that and it could be something that is completely false. You know, media coming on social media or YouTube or something like on one of those platforms. And now I'm just repeating BS. Possibly that tends to happen a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I besides- want to go over these. Sorry. Go. <laughs> No, I was I was going to close out F one from my side of it, anyways, because really, I mean, that's the story. We got to see the middle. The middle pack really hasn't, you know, n- there's not a top runner. They're saying Alpine's pushing, but I mean, Alphatari can get their stuff together. Um, McLaren had a real bad day. Norris looked better than that last year. I think we can all agree. I don't think everybody's made just leaps and bounds over him. Um, he will be in the fight for the mid mid pack, but it's it's good to see going into it. Like I said, way too early to shoot you know anybody just out of it hopefully ferrari could show up again you know oh that'd be um, nice well on well, on yeah. that note i have not watched the nine and a half minute video but the media source on youtube the race released a video today called signs of chaos fresh drama inside ferrari f1 team explained <gasps> Ew. Ew. Haven't watched it yet, but it popped up on my feed. So, yeah, as if we don't have enough of sure. that. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, right? And it all could be media bias and BS. Y'all know how that works in this series. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I- being, being a non-Ferrari fan, like I like to see them fail. But I also want competition at the top of the series. I don't want Red Bull to run away with it. Yeah, I mean, that's what I, yeah. When I said, you know, preseason, we were doing our preview and stuff, I want more teams in it. I don't just want two. It'd be nice if there were four different teams, you know, six to eight drivers that are in the hunt for wins, you know, on a regular weekend. Verstappen likes it, too. He's a big competition guy, you know. I don't think he'd be upset that someone's racing for the lead. I'll put it to you this way. I would rather it be Mercedes or Aston Martin. But I don't think it can be. I think Ferrari's the next hope. And I, you know, I don't want them to have this. I want them to be competitive against them so the series comes to an end. At the end of the year, I'm not going to be cheering for them. I'd be cheering for Red Bull. But... You know, I don't want Red Bull to run away with it. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, keep in mind also that Stefano Domenicali is the president of Formula One. I mean, this dude, 
I don't care. I don't care what you say about bias or whatever. I mean, he's the former Ferrari team principal. I mean, this dude is going to make sure that Ferrari stays around. And I mean, Formula One has always had incentive to have Ferrari in the game. So I really, I hope though, because they deserve it, I think. And they've been, well, some strategy calls last year maybe argue against me. I think Leclerc deserves it. Let me put it that way. And yeah. they have incentive to make that kid special. I mean, especially there was some drama. Of course, we all rest in peace, Jules. You know, Leclerc's story in Formula One is good. And he's a Ferrari driver for the next couple of years, right? He signed like it to 2026 or something. I'll verify yeah, he, that. But he's a, I mean, he's don't forget, too. point is, Stefano Domenicali is the president of Formula One. That's kind of all you need to know. That like these yeah. guys are gonna do good eventually. They have to. Yeah, and I think Leclerc's a good choice to be in that car. You know, good, he's good excellent. Guys, signs. Yeah, but yeah, further on uh, F one is the track changes. I haven't seen too much. If any of y'all know more about that one, there is a track change for this weekend. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot changed actually. So, um. I, it, it'll be hard to describe to people who are just listening. I mean, obviously, we don't have a video podcast, but the for audio listeners and people like us in the recording stuff, if you look at the good old images in the Topics of Discussion channel, you can see. But uh, for those who aren't here, so one of the biggest changes is at the good old high-speed left-right sequence turns at turn 22 and 23. Uh, I believe this is the sequence of corners just after where Max and Lewis ran into each other in 2021. Uh, so they have reduced the speed about 50 kilometers an hour by adjusting the fence placement and adding a beveled curb. Uh, changes have also been made to turn 14 and turn 20. Uh, they were really blind corners uh, of the track. I think 14's a couple corners just before um, Mick had his big crash, if I'm wrong. Uh, turn 20 is pretty much right about where Max and Lewis had their crash. Uh, so basically they have, uh, they just widened the, the line of sight more in those corners. Uh, turn 14, so if you go to basically the very far left side of the track, uh, if you're looking at a track map, uh, the wall on the right-hand side of the track has been pushed back by about seven and a half meters, uh, while the left-hand wall at turn 20 has been moved back by five meters. Uh, the walls have been pushed back in turns eight and ten as well in order to improve invisibility. Uh, they also did a lot with the beveled curbs. Uh, they added all of these at turns four, eight, ten, eleven, seventeen, and twenty-three, uh, while the new rumble lines have been placed at turns. 3, 14, 19, 20, and 21 to deter drivers from running wide and slow them down. So overall, it looks like they're making a bunch of like safety improvements. I, I think they realize, like, I I'm not going to lie, we really, well, not necessarily we, but like everyone, I think, really bashed this track for its safety. And you know what? I won't lie. It's put on some really good racing the last two years it's been here. Like, is it my favorite track? No, but you know what? Like, it has put on some pretty outstanding racing. Um, but I think these changes have made it like better. If you look at the images, and I stress you should probably Google this if you're listening audio-wise. If you look at the changes, they look like good changes. I know the drivers complained a lot about visibility around some of these corners. Like you got to think you're got you're coming at like 
jet takeoff speeds, like 340 kilometers an hour around a corner. Like some guy spun there and you can't see him. Like he's done. You're done. Yeah. Like somebody's going to get hurt. So yeah. I think these oh. changes are great. The beveled curbs are a little scary though. I don't know what those are going to do by preventing people from running, running wide. I'm just wondering if those could upset a car off to look up what a beveled curb is, but I don't know if those could upset a car. It's kind of just like, yeah, it's giving them a limit, but at the same time, it's like, is it a limit that's going to send them into the wall like Mick? Because that was a pretty big wreck. So I don't know. I'm going to look them up now. Yeah, I was just going to add to that um, Lab Zero podcast Discord. Uh, put it up in general. general. Uh, the two pictures that you put up just showing us so everybody can tune in and see that. Yeah, there's been some decent crashes here. Uh, but like you say, man. <laughs> To jump into this one so soon um, in the season, yeah, you know, you don't think about it. It looks like a pretty plain track map, but this high speeds, I mean, yes, they've had preseason testing, but this has been some of the least amount of testing um, in these cars, actually in these cars and not, you know, in the simulator or all that kind of stuff. So uh, that might come into play. We'll just have to see. Like I said, it's, it's so early in the season, it's hard to make any kind of stance on anything, but. It's it's it is an exciting track just because of the speeds for sure. It's fast, and I mean, it's also I I guess it's cool to get two night races in a row, right? Night races are cool. I like night races. Uh, just adds another aspect to it. I don't know if the racers actually care, right? I mean, you don't want to you don't want to race. These tracks it during the day, if the middle of summer, would not be fun by any means. But I just, you know, I mean, it cools the track down and stuff, being in the desert and whatnot. Real quick, back to Mick. He crashed in qualifying hard, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. he's pushing. But yeah. then he also crashed during the race that brought out a red flag because they had to repair the barriers, right? I believe so, yeah. Okay. I think his crash and qualifying was out of turn 12. That's what sent him to the hospital. I want to say he crashed out of like three or four is where he went into the barrier and caused the red flag during the race. I thought it was like turn 16. I can guarantee the, I know the qualifying wreck was out of 12. I do not know where it was in the race. I'm going to look it up. So, I was just trying to bring that information to the table. And that's what, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't also wrong on that information. I knew, I thought he brought out the red flag during the race too. I I thought he was out in the race because of his injury and or because he got the hit in qualifying. Because from maybe I'm thinking of the wrong year, but I thought was it last year that he had the gigantic wreck in like 2022 in qualifying? He had a wreck. I just looked it up. Yeah, and then he was out for the race. So I I, be, I believe. Don't quote me. This is just me looking at the track map so and was thinking it, that that's the corner. I thought it was 16, but it could be different. I so was it wrong. 2021 that he wrecked and brought out the red flag? 
It must have been. I, I think he had a he's had a bad time at this track. I, yeah, sure. uh, it's okay. probably so bad. Mercedes probably told him to stay home. Don't even show up for the <laughs> driver's spot. <laughs> Mick Schumacher crashed at turn twelve during Q two in Saudi the Saudi Arabian GP qualifying, and he's physically fine, but it was airlifted to a hospital. And they just ran one car in the race. That was March twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. Okay, so twenty twenty one, he must have brought out the. I swear he brought out a red flag here, but don't quote me on that. Well, the am big I the one I always only one. Am I the only one looking at the trap map and turn eleven and turn twelve? Don't make sense. Like, how are those two turns? That's literally it. Just curves from turn ten. Is there a wiggle we're not seeing in there? I don't know. I don't understand. And Norman, I think you're right. Uh, December. Uh, yes. That is correct. The incident brought out a safety car with Lewis Hamilton and Botas diving into the pits from P1 and P2. This was December 2021. 5th of December okay. 2021, yeah. Yeah, Schumacher right. crash brings out a red flag in Saudi Arabia. All right. The strong yeah, year. The, the wreck I always think of when you think of uh, Mick is in Monaco, where the car just broke in half. I don't yeah. know if y'all remember that. Yeah. That's the one that always comes to mind when I start hearing it. And then Man, he took some to hits, didn't he? What's that now? He took some hits. He was sending it. Yeah. Uh, drive to survive, man. You know, you just don't know how much of that you believe that was going on. It, it seems like from there that they were really pushing him um, to do better than Mag. And I'm sure they were. I mean, you, you know, the radios, the radios they play with a lot on Drive to Survive to make it sound like yeah. they're just every lap hitting this guy with information and say, hey, push, 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 you know, every corner. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think they were doing that. But I think there was a push, even in his own mind, maybe to do better than he was doing last year and just didn't get it done. And like you said, just pushed too far. So, yeah, he was under a lot of pressure. I think that that is the one thing I don't like about Drive to Survive is they always like get these fake radio calls in there. Like they're like Mick spins and is going into the wall and they throw in a curse word. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm like, he definitely had time to hit the hot mic. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah. like, all right, man. <laughs> Let's not save the car. Let's cuss into the mic. Oh crap! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. I was I was watching that episode actually. I, I still haven't finished it. I'm probably one of the only people. I'm on episode like six or seven or something. I'm, yeah. I'm on the host episode, but I'm just like, oh my God, man. Like, there's no way he was doing that. No, it's it, it's good for the sport, right? That we've got that going on with the Drive to Survive has brought so many people to it, and I'm happy for that. But yeah, some of it, man. Just like you said, as a race car you know, even on iRacing and we've watched racing our whole lives and know that that's not something you do while you're losing the car. I forget saving it. I got to punch this button, cuss real quick, and then I can, nope, didn't get it saved. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, it's like, oh, uh, Mick, Sh Mick Schumacher's doing his uh, flying lap. Okay, Mick, we need to push. We need to push. So he starts driving all hard and then he bends it and then we see him crash four separate times at four different tracks and it's just like, okay. Crush, crush, <laughs> crush, 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 yeah. Sorry, guys. It's like it's like I don't I don't think that's what happened, man. But okay, <laughs> <laughs> Dad, I wish you were here. <laughs> Anyways, Dave would have laughed at that one. Too bad he just put his headphones. I, back I, I'm back. What are we, what are we talking about, bros? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was making fun of Drive to Survive for uh, 
how they throw in the random audio clips and how uh, they were saying that Mick was cursing right as he was going into the wall at Saudi Arabia. And I was like, yeah, okay, he had time to, you know, just click the hot mic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. So, we ready to get into some Sebring? Heck yeah. Actually, love this track. It's a fun track, and we got a double header this. Well, we got a major header this weekend, but two major events. You got the 12 hours of Sebring, but WEC also kicks off their series with the, I want to call it the 12, how, 12, 1200 kilometer of Sebring. So it's not a timed race, it's a distance race. It's the only race that WEC will run distance. Um, but Weck has actually been on the track this weekend already, or this week already, for their prologue and their preseason testing. So yeah. So so how does that run two different series at the same track? Like it just back to back weeks? Is that so as soon as no. one's leaving, one will be coming in or so the twelve hours will be run Saturday, and then Weck will run their twelve hundred kilometer race on Sunday. So maybe like, maybe I'm missing it. I've never been to Sebring. I've never seen anything but the track, you know what I mean, on, on TV and then on iRacing. Like, is that a pretty big facility? Can they, I guess, there's going to be a lot of trucks and crews and things going on. I guess my question, like, how does that all fit in for a back-to-back -back weekend like that? Well, IMSA brings a crowd with them anyway. So you're really just adding in the WEC series. I don't know how they do it. I'll put it to you this way. You also got to remember, like, Cadillac runs wet, too. So Cadillac is only running one car Saturday and running one car on Sunday. Oh, okay. Um, wow. I'm okay. seeing, yeah, Penske is running two cars Sunday. I do not know. I'm assuming they're running one car Saturday, and they're running. I will have to look more into that. So it looks like we only have 37 wet wet or WEC cars that are running that run ran in the testing session. So I got their times pulled up right now. Uh which one of the cars did not even complete a lap, which was one of the Ferraris in the LMDH class for this series. Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean that would be, I mean, so it's another one of those weekends that if you're an endurance fan and you were looking to go to a race, it wouldn't be a bad one. No, it wouldn't of, be. A lot of teams, a lot of different cars. It's like you're getting a almost a 24-hour race, but split up into two races. Yeah. So 1,200, but, how long is that going to take them? Uh, is it about a 12-hour, or do you know? I would assume it? it would be more like an eight-hour I curious. don't quote me on that. I I always forget about it. It's I think the third year they've done it, and I always forget about it. And I watch the twelve hours, and then Sunday I just totally forget that there's another race because it's not been there. Um, but if we want to get into this to to talk about the preseason testing for um the WEC. Right now, the Toyotas have topped the timing charts, both their cars, first and second. They're about 
tenth off of each other's pace. Cadillac's car came in second, which I think we we talked about this at the twenty four that Cadillac was looked pretty strong to do something in WEC because of the experience they've had, but they're almost seven tenths off Toyota's pace. They're so strong. Yeah, but that's a lot of pace at Sebring. Like, if that's Lamar, I get it. But Sebring's what? A two, a three mile track? Yeah. Um, and then Ferrari, which shows their their strength. Ferrari comes in. One of their cars comes in fourth which one of their cars did not turn a lap during the testing. And then the Porsche Penske's claim fifth and sixth, but they're a second and a half off Toyota's pace. And then go ahead. Oh, just in endurance racing a second and a half. It's like, that's going to add up to so much time real fast. If they can't close that gap. But you also have to look at this as like F1. Did Toyota run qualifying setup and did Porsche run race setups? Yeah, you can't take much from it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know the details. Yeah. And the difference is they have open qualifying in the WEC, meaning that they'll, you have like 30 minutes to complete your best lap. And don't quote me on the time limit, but, um, We we'll see about that. Um, Peugeot came in um, seventh and ninth. They actually had an, I think it's an LMP two split their two, their team. Wow! So they look pretty far off the pace. Which That's what you get for not running a rear spoiler. Yeah, as we say, which isn't shocking with them all using. Um underbody downforce on a track this rough. So I would yeah. I would have figured they would struggle. Yeah, because that is one thing. Sebring is a rough track. I guess like why not why not do rear downforce? Why not rely on a spoiler? Like what's the weight? I mean it can't be, right? Like what are, the, are they just trying to be cool? I don't know. They're just trying been, to go maybe, about it a different way. Maybe they, maybe, well, I mean, it's kind of like Mercedes and F1 with the no side pods. Everybody else had side pods but them, you know? It may not, it didn't work for them, but in their case, they might have done wind tunnel testing and figured out the back wing had more drag and they could get more downforce from the floor. Is there a concern? On an airport runway, you know? Is there a concern, though, with like bound, like hitting a bump and just losing every single bit of downforce you have without the rear wing, though? Because I know the rear wing will still help you, at least on a bump. I don't well, okay. La- last corner at Sebring and the first corner at Sebring. I mean, those are two that are like, yeah, you're well, on yeah, the Sebring, edge. especially too, right? It's so bumpy. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, you're on the edge and bouncing. Like, you're trying to get back in the gas on the last turn. And when you're going into turn one, that's probably the, to me, that's the hardest turn on the whole track to get right. Yeah, yeah you can kind of fumble through it, but when you get it right, you save so much time through there. But yet again, it's bouncy, and like you said, I mean, I, yes, I think what you're saying, you could just completely lose it if it bounces up high enough and loses the 
the suction, you know, on the ground. Well, I'd be curious to see how much it actually loses, like on a bump, like the downforce. Well, I don't know how they measure it. I think it's pounds of downforce. I'd be curious on like a little bump versus a minor one versus a major one, like to see how much downforce it truly does lose. Obviously, it doesn't lose everything, but. From my understanding, and I'll give you this, their fastest car versus Porsche's slowest car is almost four tenths off the pace at Sebring. They design, so these cars are designed to have a limit of downforce they can create. I don't know if it's the wind tunnel, but they can only create so much downforce. And I think I'm, I would assume they would get this number in a wind tunnel. So what, Yes, as engineers, it's just testing. It doesn't mean it's going to hand over to real world because it doesn't have bumps. It doesn't have grooves. It doesn't have camber. It has none of that. It's all flat. So they designed their car to get all their downforce by the under bodywork of the car, which we just talked about. Does it not going to work at Sebring? Yeah. I do have to say, I think it would work better at Le Mans than it would at Sebring. And they're only four tenths off of Porsche at Sebring. So can they gain a couple of tenths at Le Mans? They're almost a second off Ferrari at Sebring. That's true. Like that will be negated at a very long straight like Lama. Yes. Because if you stay off the crown and you stay on that cambered right or left side of the straight, you're going to effectively take full advantage of that wind tunnel effect. Right? Right. Not to try to change subjects, I want to stay on this subject, but in nine in the early 90s, NASCAR made their spoilers where they were. They actually created zero downforce on the rear wheels, meaning that you could literally walk up to the car at speed of 95 195 miles an hour, and a normal human being could lift that car off the ground if you're able to like stay behind that car. That's not good. Yeah, that's what they dealt with in the early 90s running these cars at restrictor plate tracks. That's why they created the restrictor plate because they could not create downforce to keep these cars on the ground. That's what's interesting about being a racing fan in the 2020s and eventually 2030s and 2040s is that we're now hitting the limit of not engineering, but physics. We're hitting the limit of air, right? Air is a major problem. And you, you look at like Bugatti, right? Bugatti thought they had it figured out. They even manufactured tires that had special interior walls and things to, to negate the centrifugal force of rubber, trying to separate the tire from the rim, right? At like 300 plus miles an hour. The fact is, is that unless you're on a different planet than earth and you want to keep your rubber to the road, you can't go faster than about 300-ish miles an hour. 
before stuff just stops working. But it makes me wonder, just like Mercedes in the 80s, that rhymed, what is the limit and do we find the limit physically and mechanically by flipping a car into the trees at the straight at Lamar? That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, I remember when that yeah. happened, it was pretty scary. Yeah. And that, then they shut their I, other car. Yeah, they shut the other car down because they were so scared of it. And then on top of that, they it was a crazy thing. They put them through the wind tunnel and put two little wings on the front and thought that would fix it. That's what I mean. Is like wind tunnel testing is great, but there's this weird thing that humans don't get, and that's that we don't totally understand physics. I think we also got to look at it this way. When's the point you hit the limit of a driver? That's true, too. Like, you've got to realize a human body can only withstand so many Gs. That's really... So, when's, yeah. when's the point when a car can... And we can design a car now to take a turn that a human cannot withstand. That's right. So, how how do you design that into racing rules? Right. Like, what's the... I think... If you gave the top engineers in this world, they could design an a artificial intelligence car to run a lap around, we'll say spa, that no human could ever run. Yeah, I mean, it, it just goes to show, like, if you see somebody who's not used to F1, it's few and far between, but there has been some you know, celebrities or um people who do interviews and stuff like that jump in an f1 car and the first time they hit the brakes and their helmet like almost smacks the steering wheel because they're just not used to it the videos are crazy and that's what everybody always talks about is the stopping you know the stopping force of an f1 car it's just i'm i'm almost where dave was saying with uh some kind of hook to the helmet type thing like the Oz device to keep to keep your head in place you know have you watched their exercise Bedrooms, how many neck exercises those guys have to do to be able to just hold their head on their shoulders. Yeah. Crazy. It's it's amazing. But not to diverge off onto downforce to get back to what we got going on this weekend. Um, I think that was a good stint there on to what racing has to come in downforce, but I really want to get into the IMSA side of Sebring too. And major news breaking this week with Meyershank Racing was turned in by Honda or Acura because that's who is technically their provider, but it's also Honda Performance Development. After Daytona turned in that Meyershank Racing was messing with the numbers through the ECU of their tire pressures and it's not technically the ECU, but the computer-generated tire numbers that everyone was else could be able to see. Man, I'm an MSR fan. I, like I talked about in the, I think it was episode two or three. Anyway, the penalty for this in IMSA is a drive-through penalty. Unfortunately, that would have decided the race at this year's 24 Hours of Daytona. I don't know, man. I held my MSR team shirt in my hand today. Like, So to get more into this, I've read the car and driver article on this. First off, they were, what they did technically was they used the computer to 
say I don't know what number they had to run by Michelin's tire pressure numbers, but we're going to say Albert Charlie 21 PSI there. They would run 15 and make the computer read that they were running 21, which would give them better acceleration out of the turns because it's going to create more grip. It's going to create more tire wear, but creates more grip. Running a lower tire pressure is where they're going to gain their advantage. But they're, their penalty is steep. They get to keep the 24-hour victory. Uh, and what's shocking is Wayne Taylor is not challenging this, which is also an accurate team. They, they're fine with it. I think if Cadillac, if get, um, Ganassi Cadillac would have finished second, I think he would have seen a little bit more push to challenge them to take the win from them. They are getting 200 points deducted from their season. They're stripped to 200 points of the 350 they've earned so far. The team and drivers are also getting fined $50,000 in prize money. And then Meyer Shank, the owner, is getting a probation put on them. And then I think their lead, who's their lead engineer? I want to say their lead engineer is getting, this is shocking. This is the biggest hit. Indefinitely suspended. Whoa. I mean, he must have been at fault completely. That is what they're thinking. Yeah. I mean, there's cheating in motorsport. Hey, real quick. Like Ray McCathery is indefinitely suspended and has lost his IMSA certifications. Yeah, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, cheating has been around forever. Like, if if you're not cheating, you're not trying in motorsport. Like, if there's any way you can bend the rules, bend them. But if you're Agreed. going, if you're going in the computer software and you're fudging compute like tire pressure numbers, man, that's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's straight up cheating. Like if you want to put a slide bar in your trunk in NASCAR, because when you hit the corners, like you get more whatever, like that's creative, but just going in a computer and altering numbers, that's cheating. Unfortunately, in my head, like I mean, it's just, it's just bold face, right? Like that's not giving blatant it. cheating. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to explain it. I want to put it to you. I want to put it out there this way. So, Acura or Honda, however you look at it, both the same same development company, have two cars running by two different teams, right? Yeah. What if this is Penske-Porsche? Does do Porsche mean? turn in Penske? Oh, yeah. Okay. I know, I know what you mean. Like, like, Honda turned their own team in. It must be bad, right? Yeah. Like... Whoa, 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 whoa. There's a major discrepancy in the computer data that we're reading right now. We're turning you in. And I, I was there. They were dominant. That watching them run was like, there's your winner. Well, but from what I saw and what I would have said going into the weekend, I would have given Wayne Taylor over Meyer Shank in this race. Like, if there's going to be an accurate win, it's going to be Wayne Taylor. If you're looking at the driver lineup, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
But my my question goes back, and I want to get all y'all's opinion. Is it because Honda was like, wait, we run two teams? We're turning them in? Or do you think Porsche would turn in Penske? What was the benefit of Honda turning in this team under Honda Racing Development or HRD or whatever they call themselves? What was the what was the benefit? Like why why would they do that? Because they're running a because Wayne Taylor and uh, Meyer Shank are two different teams. So now they've got a team cheating to beat another team of their own performance. And Honda just like wasn't cool with it. Yeah. I don't know. Like that, those are the details that we're waiting on. All it says is after the race, Honda Performance Development, HPD, which works closely with teams that run the top class Acura GTP racing cars, notice there's Scrimsey in the number 60s data and launched an investigation. They discovered that Meyer Shank Racing had made intentional software offsets in the tire pressures that were reported by the monitoring system. Basically, the team was artificially inflating the tire pressure data so the numbers sent to IMSA were higher than the pressures that were actually run. This is all from carandriver.com. Published on March 9th of 2023. So should they be stripped of their Daytona 2023 Rolex 24 championship? IMSA did not strip them. But should they be? They were stripped just 200 points of the 305 they earned. Hmm. So so what I took from that, though, is the reason they haven't stripped them of anything. I mean, it's almost obvious they blame that one guy. Yes. It almost sounds like the what team didn't know, but yeah, but you got to slap him on the wrist, the team, so to speak. But this guy was the one. He knew what he was doing. He was the problem. What a jerk, dude. I, Seriously. I think, so Mike Shank has been put on probation until June 30th. Ryan McCathery has been indefinitely suspended. I think he's the 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 head of this. I, it's a touchy situation in my opinion. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, seriously. It's just a rough one because it's a bold face cheat. Yeah. Yeah. No, straight up. That's, that's, that's what, he, so NASCAR back in the day, go back to NASCAR, I know, but you know, you said if you're, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Michael Waltrip's team figured out that they dent right in front of the rear, uh, the rear fender that they could actually gain a little bit of uh, rotation. Uh, it would lock that the the back end of the car down. So their jack man during the race when they did the first pit stop, he'd give it a little oof knee to the side, did it in a little bit, and he knew exactly where to do it. Um, they got caught on camera, and so that was more one of those they've been doing it. But everybody did little thing, you know what I mean, little things like that. It wasn't how how did he know he's precisely going to get his knee at the exact, you know what I mean? It's kind of like throwing a wrench at it and hoping that it gets fixed, kind of thing. Um, where this is specifically going into and manipulating computer data, if I'm if I'm hearing it right, you yeah. know. I to go on what you're talking about, Levi. You're not gonna know if you're gonna get the perfect dent every time. You're just gonna get close enough to yeah. add something. Some races you might get better. Some races you might not be as good. 
there's no failing at this manipulation that Meyer Shank did. Yeah. Like this is, and like I said, I'm not, I don't know the numbers. I have not found the numbers, but this is like running your tire pressures at 15 and telling you that they're 21. And IMSA thought the whole race, they were running great or Michelin thought they were running great tire pressures. And it took their own engine manufacturer to turn them in. Crazy. I, that's the worst part of it. Like they had to have talked about it as a group before they did it. Right. They might have, and they might just, it might be like a, this is going to sound cruel, but a gang ship where they did talk about everyone was on board. And now they're just going to throw this one engineer under the bus and let him go. Yeah, maybe it was a, it was a best case scenario kind of thing. Yeah. Hey, yeah. You, you see you later. Bye-bye. Um, and you take the fall for this. We're, Hey, they could still be paying him. We don't know. Yeah, for sure. For so, sure, we will have to see. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, I, the, I think this is an ongoing conversation. I mean... We'll see how they do this weekend at the 12 hours of Sebring. Right, right. It reminds me of Ferrari's dominance. Well, quote-unquote dominance. When they, they got busted for... Um, bypassing the fuel pump sensor. I don't know if you heard of that, right? Oh, yeah. I heard about it. Yeah. So, like, they're tricky. But it makes me wonder if MSR is going to continue their dominance because, I mean, these guys are dominant. I mean, they're really good. I mean, their drivers are good. Yeah, I, I think it goes further than tired data manipulation. I think the right? team's pretty good. It has to. Like, But like we said, Wayne Taylor looks like they have a better driver lineup, though. So if they're in the exact same car... Wayne Taylor yeah. should be right there with him. But is okay, so is Hartley driving the Toyota? Is he is he doing both? He he is, right? I can give me two seconds. Y'all keep talking, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. Brandon Hartley is in the Toyota at Sebring. Man, this guy. I think endurance racing is his thing though. If you look like, at his resume, this dude has won everything. I mean, holy crap. This this guy. But going back to the numbers, like, I don't think anyone has anything for him this year. Like, to, to their preseason testing with Toyota being that close to each other, and your next closest car is Cadillac, and... That's Westbrook, Lynn, and Burbear. I can't pronounce his name. Um, but they're still a half a second off of Toyota. I don't know. I mean, Toyota's been so dominant in WEC. From a guy that's followed WEC for... Probably, yeah, longer than I've followed F1. Toyota has struggled. And when Porsche and Acura left WEC and Toyota started winning, people gave them a lot of crap. I think if Toyota wins this year and shows dominance, I think it er erases everything that people have 
ever said about them. Yeah, they're crazy good. I mean, like, yeah. you can't deny. And then they come out and show pay, pace in their preseason testing. The last WEC race I went to was 2019, and Toyota won that one. So, I mean, like, these guys, they're crazy good. They're good, and they've they've caught a lot of flack from dominating finally when the top dogs left, and now the top dogs are back, and they's like, all right, well, let's go race, and now we've got the advantage on y'all. So we'll see over the next few years. If Toyota dominates this year and dominates next year, I think they solidify themselves as a as the races before that are as fully accountable than any other year. Now, if they come in this year and start to dominate and then fall off and you see Ferrari and Porsche and Cadillac come over the top of them, you know, we'll see at Le Mans. Yeah. Then we can start asking questions about was Toyota really there? Were they running in a weak, weak league word as we should. It's racing before we get into formula one again, and we're on the Sebring case. I want to um, do a quick touch because it's personal to me. The Porsche Deluxe Carrera Cup North America kicks off this week on Thursday in Sebring. And um, I'll hope to post some pictures here in the Discord later. Um, but yesterday I was at the Racing for Children's car reveal. And they will be running Thursday at 9.55 a.m. Eastern and 6.15 p.m. Eastern at Sebring. They are the defending champions of the series. And they their two cars are running this year topped the practice so far at Sebring last week or last week and just want to give them a shout out to hope that they have a great season. I think after Sebring, we'll see them at long beach with the Indy cars. And I'm hoping to see them at barber this season too. check your local provider. It's all on YouTube. Very cool. It's not sponsored. We promise. So we should keep up with the in it, Bennett or win it for formula one. I went first last time. Somebody else got to go first, but I'm telling you right now, I got some crazy picks. Okay. I'll go first. In it. Um, Carlos Sainz. Man, they obviously have it, right? Like, they got the formula. They just can't deploy it properly. I, You can't see my room, but I have a, I have a lot of Ferrari stuff in here. I think that Leclerc... I can't say win it, unfortunately. I think Red Bull's going to take this one. Gosh, man, I wish I could say something different. I don't know. They're fast. They're quick. Uh, Bennett, I think that AlphaTauri is going to take a bit of a poo here. I think that we'll see a lot of problems. I think that um, I, I would like to see Nick do well, but overall, I don't know why. Somewhere in my heart of hearts, I just feel like AlphaTauri is going to suffer at this track personally, especially Sonoda. I mean, we haven't been racing here long, but a track like this takes a lot of technical 
patience, I guess is the word I'm looking for. And I think of all the drivers, that guy's got the least amount. So that's my pick. In it, signs, win it, Verstappen, unfortunately, and Bennett, let's call Alfatari as a team. Antonio, let's hear it. Um, it's so hard to say, I guess, after one round, but um, we'll see. What's the order we're doing? In it, win it, Bennett, or Bennett, win it? You pick. All right, well, in it, um, I think it's hard to say uh, to not pick Red Bull, obviously. So I'm going to go with a Ferrari car. I'm going to say, I'm going to go with Signs being in it. Um, win it, I think it's just, you got to go with Verstappen. Like, it's hard for him to not win it. Um, we saw his qualifying pace last year. He's obviously got speed here regardless of the car being nuts. Uh, so for Bennett, I'm probably going to go with Leclerc, honestly. I just think he's going to have some sort of issue, whether it's him putting it in the wall himself or an engine blowing. Um, the guy's got no luck. I'm going a, I'm to a ride the no luck train out, even though Ouch. he's my man. It's rough. I guess I'm a, uh, I would say I'm going to go with Bennett first. I'm kind of on that AlphaTauri train. They did not look good whatsoever. Um, Yuki specifically, I think, is going to have issues, and it's not just going to be like a mechanical issue. I think he's literally going to probably going to. There's a lot of pressure on him this year, and I think he's going to lose it. Um, to be in it, I think kind of in it would be, you know, like driver of the day, so to speak. Um, I think Pierre Gasly is really going to show up. Um, he did really good, went from the back of the pack, I think, to ninth last time. So if he can get a decent qualifying, I think he's going to show us something. I don't really so to speak, think in it for the race as in a win or a podium. But I think he's going to really show us something. That was some major speed he had to come up through the pack like that. Um, then win it. I mean, you can't not go with Red Bull right now. I mean, it's a very boring pick, but it is the truth. Uh, Max at the top. So that's my three picks. Norman. All right. I'm going to start off with the boring one. The, the win it, it's Max. I don't know who, I don't even think his own teammate can compete with him right now. I think he's a better driver in the same car. So he's going to be the, the best on the track. Uh, in it, I don't want to be too like easy. So I'm going to go with Lance Stroll. I think Aston Martin is for real. I want to, pick Alonzo, but I think from Bahrain, we know that Alonzo is there. So I'm going to say Lance Stroll doesn't outperform Alonzo, but he outperforms his last race because he's healthier. And then Bennett, I'm having a hard time not saying Yuki. I just, I just don't, I think that's just an Alpha Tauri agreeance. So wow. I'm going to say Yuki. Wow. Universal Alpha Tauri hate. You know, I'm telling you, if that boy comes out and like thrashes, we're all going to look like <laughs> idiots. I will say, I'm going to go like on a thin branch, Bennett, Alex Elbon. Ouch. I don't think he performs as well as he did at Bahrain. 
but I don't see him wrecking. The blonde hair, isn't it? I think Logan beats him this weekend. That would be great. I'll be all for it. I mean, nothing against Albon. Just go Logan. Yeah. Go that, Team Logan. It's... When I have these gut feelings, if I don't announce them, they happen. But when I announce them, they end up flopping. So I probably just jinx Logan. So good job, Norman. <laughs> Erica, I'll take it, man. But that that's where Sorry, I am on everything. Well, that would be a that would be a good one. I think that's gonna wrap us up for the the podcast, though. I think I got to go order some Gator. And get some food. Gator bites. Gator bites. That's got to be getting old by now. I know. You've been eating gator like once a week, bro. Like, damn, man. It's that good, man. Until you try it. Once you go gator, you don't go back. Once you go dinosaur, you're never.